brought to you by Dubois Productions. Hello and welcome back to NO and JB Sports Pedigree. We're back to provide insight on a wide variety of sports topics from NBA hoops, Major League Baseball, NFL, soccer, anywhere in between. Our goal is not only to give you some perspective and real honest opinion, but we are going to have some fun while we do it. And we definitely hope that you have fun right along with us. So let's not waste any more time. Let's dig right in. I'm JB. And I am the one and only N.O. How you doing, JB? N.O., I am doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing excellent. I'm ready to kick this show off. And we're going to jump back to something that we kicked off last week for the Mm. first time. It's our right or wrong recap. And right or wrong recap, y'all. We make mistakes at times. Not very often. In predictions. Every now and then. And when y'all think about it, we actually don't do a lot of predictions, but we do have our sports dichotomy section. And, you know, it's kind of really specific. We answer questions, yes or no, with what we feel like is going to happen. Yeah, I hate using that word, but we do it sometimes. And <laughs> right. we make mistakes, but sometimes we get it right. So me and JB are going to jump back through some of those segments and discuss situations that we got right and ones that the other person got wrong. So, JB. Let me kick yes, it sir. off. Okay. In episode number 18, I asked you if Nikola Jokic will win the MVP award this season. And JB mm. said yes, which means what, y'all? Yes. He was right. Excellent. I was right. Excellent choice. <laughs> what, you, what you got to say, JB? I, I, I kind of was. Uh, yeah. And to add what you were saying, it gives us an opportunity to provide some insight, too, as to why we maybe uh, answered that way. And of for course. this... I didn't necessarily think he deserved it, but I knew kind of the way things play out and how the votes go and stuff. Ah, I he was going to get it. Got you. So what it, What was it about his game, his season, that made you think he was going to get it? Um, Really just because it's all stats. You know, mm. they look at and – the, and the fact of the matter is – they don't announce it until way into the postseason, and by that uh, time, it's like – obvious that maybe he should not have won it based uh-huh. on how that played out so i th- i know it's a regular season when award. You, when you say that um, played out you mean his team getting bounced right. quickly right really quickly and really um, quickly. i'd like to see him award it sooner that way it's you don't have that negative connotation with the player um who should be celebrated realistically but yeah i agree all right you got another one for me yeah, let's do. Let's bust another one out real quick. We'll do one that JB got wrong. Back in episode two, I asked JB if Troy Aikman was a better QB than Tony Romo, and I'm mm. interested to hear JB's response to this one. JB said yes, but JB actually got that one wrong, and I'm thinking we went statistically speaking. JB, why'd mm-hmm. you get that one wrong? We did. Um, you know, I just. Instantly, my first thought is, you know, championship, Sharkman's got the rings. But if you actually look at the stats, and this was pointed out by me, to me by a good friend of mine, uh, shout out to uh, Seth Strong, um, who's a huge Cowboys fan. Yeah. And uh, actually, if you look at the side-by-side comparison of their careers, um, it's not even really close. You know, obviously the championships are one thing, but – you're a quarterback's only one player, you know. So, if you uh, stack them up, uh, Tony Romo was by far the the more heralded 
uh, statistically and, and uh, what he actually accomplished um, numbers-wise. So, Tony Romo, I always felt like he was a great QB. I always felt like he got a raw yeah. deal. Um, he put up numbers. And he did. He just had that personality that was easy to pick on. Plus, he was under a microscope because he was the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. When you put, if oh, you yeah. put Tony Romo in Troy Aikman's situation with those teams, come on, man. We're talking yeah, potentially, very good potentially more championships than they had, man. Tony Romo, mm. I always like Tony Romo, and I like him even more as a commentator too. He's one of my favorite commentators. Oh yeah, he's solid, and he's very a, solid. He's original, and you can tell he knows what yeah. he's talking about, and he's not trying to be like anybody else. I like Tony Romo. Go ahead, JB. Yep. All right, so let's uh, let's look at some No answers here. Let's go back to episode eleven when I asked No if if his team Effie Cochran would. Uh, make it to state and he said they would and you know what they did let's get it first time in school history uh man it was amazing how it got done you know basically seven teams in the conference uh conference tournament maybe different from many states in the top two the winning team in the conference tournament and the runner-up qualify for state so you know it's double elimination we get down there the team that was at the top they won state and were undefeated so we're not going to even talk about them so we were in the runner-up game to qualify for state playing against the home team and we had beat them three times previously this season so for me that did, didn't make me comfortable at all because i'm looking no, at it from tough. so many different perspectives you know are we going to be complacent are they going to play out of their minds are my guys going to come out in their place and you know think they already got it but we didn't we jumped out we balled out and the rest is history you know, we didn't win mm. state, but we qualified on made the state tournament. And uh, maybe next year will be different. That's awesome, though. Congrats again. And uh, good job on the prediction. Appreciate that, um, my brother. Unfortunately, if we go a little bit further back to episode seven, uh-oh, I asked N.O. about the Georgia Bulldogs football team and whether they would win the national title this year. And N.O. said no. And... Uh, as we know, that was incorrect. Yeah. Um, honestly, I kind of went against my gut there because <laughs> I generally like to, to like to choose Georgia against LSU and Alabama. I'm going to tell you, I've always kind of been a Georgia fan. I liked Mark Rick mm -hmm. when he was there. I thought Georgia's style would, you know, I remember there was a time when Georgia, as a road team, had a ridiculous record. I think Mark Rick's road record was incredible. And I remember watching them heavily during that time frame. They actually beat my Boilermakers once in a bowl game way back in the Drew Brees days on a crazy comeback. Um, actually, I think twice. I think we might have played Georgia twice in two different bowls. But I was wrong that time, JB. You were. They, man, yeah, them historically just some amazing running backs coming out of Georgia. And I think I've um, said this previously, how... When they played Alabama in the conference title game, when Alabama won, to me it was kind of like a okay. Did they let Alabama mm -hmm. win? So oh, yeah. They, <laughs> I think we <laughs> yep. talked about that before, but yeah, I'm not gonna say that was definitely happened, but it's always been in the back of my mind. Okay, JB, back, right. in, back in episode 14, I asked you, will Rafa Nadal win the Australian Open? JB said hmm. yes, and of course JB was right because Rafa Nadal just wins in australia yeah he dominates and, rafa uh, nadal has dominated countless australian open so there was a high possibility that he was going to win that australian open and he did jb excellent yep. decision even with my tennis knowledge being so lacking i 
I was pretty confident in that one. Yeah, Rafa Nadal is, you know, if we, if we said Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and LeBron James played tennis, it, it would be Rafa Nadal, Roger Federer, mm. no, and Novak Djokovic. That was a great comparison, wow. huh, JB? It was. Well done. Michael, Kobe, and LeBron. All right. But unfortunately, back in episode 11, I asked JB, and here's another one that I'm going to let JB explain. I asked JB if uh -oh. Steph uh -oh. Curry is the best player in the NBA. JB said yes. Mm. But statistically mm. speaking, Steph Curry is not the best player in the NBA. Who is it, JB? Well, you know, again. How'd you, how'd you go about this one? And it's another one that is, uh, you know. Kind of subjective. Subjective. There's a word I was looking for. So, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo's. I mean, and, and I said it later, you know, in retrospectively that he may have not uh, won the title this year, but I think all around is the best player currently in the world. And uh, not that Steph maybe didn't deserve to win the title or, and, and it's certainly arguable, but for my money, it's, it's Giannis. You know, I, I fully agree with you. I've always felt like Giannis is like, when I watch Giannis play, I'm like, this dude is like, he's not even human. But mm -hmm. this season actually showed me, and a lot of people, I think they get caught up in the superstardom of the NBA's true stars. You know, Shaquille O'Neal oh, yeah. says that Steph Curry, LeBron, and Giannis are the only true superstars in the NBA. So let's let's agree with mm. that for now, right? Okay. For now, we're going to agree with that just for me to make this point that it doesn't matter how great of a player you are. You still need your sidekick. Everybody, every great team had an incredible player and a sidekick. And Milwaukee didn't win it this year because their sidekick right. was hurt during the NBA playoff. Giannis being the incredible player that he was still bowed out um, early in the playoffs because yeah, you can't right. do it on your own. So all of y'all who, you know, LeBron does everything like buy advice. Come on, man. Be quiet. They, they all got, like you said, uh, and look at last year, Giannis, that Bucks team was healthy and they're the ones that won it. So in a lot of cases, it's the health factor, man. Exactly. That's All a right. good point. All right, you know, uh, let's see what you got right. You got episode 16, sticking with the NBA. Okay. I asked you about the highly um, seeded Chicago Bulls and yeah. if they were for real. And uh, you, of course, answered no, they were not. And that was proven pretty quickly that you were correct. Yeah. Uh, Chicago Bulls, I never believed in them, guys. I mean, <laughs> no disrespect to Zach Levine. I think he's a great individual player, but individual players don't get it done too often in the nba mm -hmm. not, to, just, not to mention the, not to mention the, too, that that too not to mention demar Derozan. like people got to remember when did toronto win the championship when who left yeah yep when demar left okay so one you got wrong okay. and you know this one kind of pains me um because i had to really sift through to find some that you got wrong and this one stuck out like a sore thumb okay back in episode 20 I asked you if the uh, if your Purdue Boilermakers oh, would God. win the NCAA tournament. And you said yes. Now we know that that was a definitely a pick with your heart. Most embarrassing NCAA tournament loss <laughs> of my life, and that's pretty much all I have to say about it. When you're right, that that's good, fair. when you're that good, and you lose to the 15 seed St. Peter's Peacocks, just straight embarrassment. And mm. yeah, let's move on, JB. Um, yeah, moving on. I have, moving on. I have one more. Um, and okay. This one that you got right. Back All in right. episode 11, I asked you, JB, if the University of Cincinnati basketball squad will make the NCAA tourney. 
JB said no, and JB mm. got it right. Yay. And here's the I thing, did. JB. Sadly, you know, sadly. Sadly, y'all did not make it, but y'all actually, y'all had a first-round draft pick, right, in the NBA draft. Well, that's part of the sadness, too, because wow. he transferred out after his freshman year to LSU oh. and then got drafted. But he wow. did play his freshman year with UC. <laughs> And uh, I think he's a good kid, excellent player. I really think he's talented. He reminds me of like a, uh, like a uh, what's his name? Daggone it, Rashad Rashard Lewis kind of. Oh, okay. To, a big throwback, mm. you know. But um, but yeah, I think they're certainly building. I, they're heading the right direction. We'll see how they do next year. But it was obvious they didn't have uh, the talent this year. So. Um. All right. Couple more for No here to finish this one out. So. Uh -huh. uh, We'll go with right again, sticking with the NBA. You know, you were pretty on point with your NBA predictions this no year. Doubt, I no have doubt, to say, no doubt. Appreciate that. Recaps. Well, you know, we know basketball out here. Yeah. We know the game. There you go. Uh, again, episode 20, I asked you if Joel Embiid would win the MVP. Oh, gosh. And you said no. And obviously, he did not. <laughs> not a huge Joel Embiid fan for those of y'all that don't know. But if anybody uh, is a fan of ours consistently, you, you probably know that I'm not a big Joel Embiid fan. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a lot of folks predicting that he would win it. So good call yeah. on that. And then lastly, again, staying with episode 20, I asked you if Tom Brady would play in the NFL in 2022. Oh, man. And you said no. This was shortly after he uh, quote-unquote retired. <laughs> well, well, uh, uh, JB, uh, he'll play in 2022. Uh, yeah. 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 He'll play. And you said he, you said he wouldn't. So oh, 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 after his retirement. Oh, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Well, yeah, he ended um, up coming back. <laughs> yeah, you know, those retirements, we, we got to take them with a grain of salt, especially if they involve uh, former New England Patriots. That's why I'm, Obviously. I'm, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for Grunk to come out of his retirement for the second time. Ex exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, man, that's fun. That's a fun segment. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it and get to. Um, hear us elaborate a little bit on some of the stuff we talk about so no doubt no doubt what we got next jb all right uh we'll be right back here uh just a moment after we pay some bills all right let's get back at it and bring back another fan favorite we haven't done in a while with a little bit of uh city trivia what goes down in that segment jb so in city trivia we will give some uh description of some sports cities and the other person has to try to guess and uh, see if they can figure it out. Hopefully, you at home will be playing along with us. And, you know, maybe you get it quicker than us some cases. You want to kick it off? I will, JB. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> I have about three of these. Maybe four. Okay. I think I got more than you this time, but go ahead. That other college town in Indiana <laughs> where a guy threw chairs during basketball games and N.O., had a classic high school football game against one of their two big high schools. What is that town's name, JB? I'm going to say that's Bloomington. You are absolutely correct. <laughs> you have me at chair throwing. <laughs> I know. I knew that would be a simple one for you, but as for mm -hmm. that high school football game, it was the second game of my senior year. It was like, the thing I remember about it, it was like 90 degrees, but it was rainy that night. Think about that. Mm. It oh was gosh, so wet, like just missed off the ground? Outrageous, yes, man. Mm. And it was just a 
a lot of fumbles and I had a chance to pick up scoop and score on a fumble late and I whiffed on that and oh. baby guess what the score was we lost the game six to three. Oh wow yes it was it was one of those type of games man six to three we lost wow. mud ball. <laughs> it was all right you know uh this this uh sports city has the smallest division one uh big power conference school with mm. the enrollment of 4750 mm. some former coaches of this uh the school in this town are pete gillen and tim welsh and some former players that you may know are we talking Eric, about charlottesville uh, nope okay let me give you some players eric murdoch lenny wilkins otis storp god sham god billy donovan rick patino oh my god i should know it god sham oh oh uh, god sham god play for providence there it is I was thinking that that would be the one that would give it to you. God sham God. <laughs> what a baller he was, man. <laughs> no, what a the name. <laughs> God sham God. All right. This college town's men's basketball team rarely does anything in the NCAA tourney, JB. As a matter of fact, they haven't made it out of the first weekend of the NCAA tourney under their current coach, 12 years if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Former coach star Dallas Clark played here. He was a tight end. I've obviously and they just had a top five nba draft pick uh is it iowa city nicely done jb and okay okay those of y'all that don't know des moines you nope you got it iowa city um their coach who i'll leave unnamed because he doesn't deserve publicity from me i'm not a fan of that guy (laughs) <laughs> all I when, when when they play Purdue, all I see him doing is whining, whining, whining. And then you watch mm. his players, and all you see them doing is whining, whining, whining. I'm not yep. surprised they never make it out the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Hey man, that's right. It's a it's a reflection of leadership. It you, is. You are hit that nail on the head. The next time y'all watch an Iowa Hawkeyes basketball game, just just watch for what I'm talking about. That's all I'm gonna say. All right, here we go. All right, you know this this city will be a 2026 host for the world cup hey currently uh it has three pro teams nfl major league baseball and mls all very popular i'll give you a try to little be a little more vague here so soccer star graham zussi formerly starred for the soccer team and the powdered blue baseball team matches the scenery of its stadium and there's quite a contrast of that team's uniform and the nfl team in its bright red colors oh you must be talking about kansas city there you go man i always love the kansas city royals unis but yeah kansas mm-hmm. city chiefs definitely yeah we're looking forward to that jb why don't you why don't you say we just take a trip around the country in 2026 and just go to all these stadiums and hit yeah hit all these games during the world cup I think we ought to. Or we could just go to Qatar in a few months. Oh, man. (laughs) Better start saving. I know, right? (laughs) All right, JB. I got one more. (laughs) Okay. Of the big four pro-American sports, this city only has one, and it's an NBA team. They're known for their raucous fans when the team is good. I'm saying that because I really don't hear anything about the fans anymore. That gives you a hint. And they are okay. the, it's the capital city in its state. 
I'll give you a hint. I'll give you no. I'll give you a hint. Some of the players who played for this team when they were actually good. Yo, Christie, Mike Bibby. Oh, okay. Bobby okay. Jackson. Sacramento. Sacramento, California. That's funny. Yeah, and if you uh, the reason since they haven't been good, it kind of you know just look at some of their draft picks. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah, as gracious. compared to like Golden State. Well, sir. All right. <laughs> I've got, uh, I've got, you know what? I've got another host 2026 World Cup city. Hey, let's go. And uh, this city has also hosted an Olympics in its past. I'm going to say Atlanta. Atlanta. Let's, let's go. go. Atlanta, Georgia. Hey, we're, yes, sir. Yeah, we definitely hitting the game down in the A. Oh, we definitely. Yeah, since I, you know, live here now. Hey, nice. And, uh, hey, I got a bonus one, Mo. Right, let's we'll, go. We'll, this one don't even count. This is bonus. All right. This soccer city, we'll just say, year in and year out, has arguably the best club in the world. Mm -hmm. Currently home to players like Robert Lewandowski, Thomas Muller, and some former greats such as Frank Ribery, Bastian Schweinsteiger, Mats Hummels, and Ian Robin. This German city is over 120 square miles and home to 1.5 million people. The team, Bayern Munich is the team. Is there it the, is. That's the Munich. name of Munich. Munich, okay. Yeah, Bayern hey, Munich. Hey, good job. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure. That's why I was bonus. There you go. We know our soccer squads. Come on now. We, we know a little bit about, you know, I know I'm an international, you know, FIFA type of guy, but I know a little bit about um, European soccer. So. All right. All right, JB. What do you got? Uh, yeah. What do you got for personal segment? Week, I'm going you know? to go on a little bit of a somber note for today's personal segment, uh, JB. Um, okay. I'm going to give a Caleb Swanigan tribute. Um, 25 years young is far oh, too wow. soon. Uh, this young man's story. His real-life redemption story, JB, was something from the cinema, honestly. It's a young man who lived in homeless shelters during his childhood, mm. seeing drug addicts relapse in person, and this is all prior to the age of 13. Caleb was adopted by Roosevelt Barnes and moved to Fort Wayne, Indiana, where he was in a far more stable environment. And it was here that he lost 100-plus pounds and eventually became Indiana Mr. Basketball in 2015. Yes, this is somebody wow. who was above 350 pounds, lost over 100 pounds and became Mr. Basketball and a McDonald's All-American. Arguably the top Purdue basketball recruit of all time. He went from 10 points and wow. 8 rebounds as a freshman at Purdue to 18 and 12 during his sophomore year. And he was a 44% three-point shooter. He left Purdue due to his draft stock reaching its peak. And while I didn't follow him as closely as I did during his Purdue career um, when he went to the NBA, I was still as devastated when I heard this news about one of my favorite Boilermakers of all time. Mm -hmm. um, his untimely death at age 25 made this young man rest in peace, JB, and may his family be as peace as well. May his family be at yep. peace as well. That is sad, man. And there's a lot of... Uh... You know, we are in the personal segment. There's a lot of that kind of going around um, within both of our families right now. And so, you know, somber as it is, our hearts go out and uh, prayers and prayers for all those that uh, are grieving. So absolutely. absolutely. Well said. Um, well, I'll try to flip it a little bit here with my uh, personal segment. I've got an inspiration in sports this week. 
And mine's about one of your guys, uh, Colts safety Kari Willis. Kari Willis. So I was pretty inspired by this story. For those of you that aren't aware, I'll just, you know, shed a little light. Um, he retired at the age of 26 from the NFL to pursue his calling uh, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Wow. Um, and this isn't just some bum player that never got to play either. You know, this guy was a starter, key contributor, um, started 34 games in the last three years after yeah. being drafted in the fourth round out of Michigan State. So, um, again, you know, it just kind of warms my heart that in a culture where everything and everyone would speak out against doing such something like this, um, I really think it takes courage and it just takes strength to understand, you know, he wants to do, regardless of what anybody else thinks, he wants to do uh, what he feels, you know, he's been told to do with his life. And I think it's an excellent example to for all of us to not just get caught up in, you know, trying to what is successful, you know, and m whether it's making a certain amount of money or having a certain amount of vehicles or a certain you know size home or any of that stuff when it comes down to it um that's not really what success is and you know so it just kind of reminds me and somebody at, at his age to to uh just have that wherewithal and do something like that definitely inspiring to me i agree jb the humility and selflessness to step away from this incredible game of football where you're gonna have all this fame and fortune to pursue that calling man that's just incredible man i'm gonna miss Kari as a player yep but you know i'm i don't feel bad for his decision at all i'm not mad at him i'm not frustrated with him man more power to that young man yes sir all right uh you know i think we're gonna switch some gears here and we haven't talked much about it really don't talk a whole lot about it on the show to be honest uh probably because our our favorite team is not very good but um oh, let's give a little bit of major league baseball update what do you say let's do it jb what you got so i'll uh i'll kind of give a rundown of some highlights of the american league and uh you know we'll touch on some national league stuff um let's see here so we'll start with the top um you know the yankees are dominating um Last I checked, they had like a 12-game lead on the Blue Jays yeah. with, uh, with the Red Sox and Rays just behind. Um, in the Central, the Guardians and Twins are very closely, pretty tight battle there. Um, not too far ahead of the White Sox either, uh, but the Astros already out to a very huge lead. Um, may have that race almost finished by the All-Star break, who knows. And it makes me wonder, like, what the heck? Where are the Angels, you know? So, obviously, so far this year, Yankees are easily pacing the field. Not even close. They actually have the best team. They have the best team OPS, ERA, WHIP, just pretty much all the, the major statistical categories they wow. are leading as a team. Um, on the flip side of that, the A's, Royals, Tigers, and Orioles are all pretty much out of it already <laughs> um, which is sad considering you know they've extended the playoff uh, opportunities so pretty sad to be part of those fan bases um, some uh, highlights as far as players go the Red Sox Rafael Devers at last I checked led the majors in hits hard hit balls and total bases mm, pretty impressive wow. yeah, that's Aaron incredible. Judge is probably the front runner for the MVP right now in the AL 
as he's on pace to break Roger Maris's Yankee home run record of 61, just mashing the ball. Uh, Jose Ramirez for the Guardians uh, leads the league in ribbies. And, of course, you know, Mike Trout and Otani, although not having quite the same year as last year, um, still both having excellent seasons, as well as Taylor Ward um, on the Angels. These dude, Get these dudes some pitching, for crying out loud. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> last couple of player points, uh, Astros' Jordan Alvarez leads the major leagues in OPS at 1,037. And old man Justin Verlander, top five in both ERA and WHIP. Um, and just a couple other things. Uh, some surprises. Uh, you got Alejandro Kirk from the Blue Jays. Young 23-0 catcher leads all catchers in war. Uh, Luis Arias, twins first baseman, leading the league in batting and on base percentage at 361 and 443. And, of course, the Rays always have great pitchers. It's like maybe they actually develop them. I don't know. Um, this guy, McClanahan, leads the AL with a 1.81 ERA. He's second in strikeouts per nine at 12.1 and leads in whip at .85. Wow. Dude's having a monster year, as well as Dylan, Dylan Cease from the White Sox, who has a 2.6 ERA and 13 strikeouts per nine innings. And, um, yeah, keep an eye on a couple other guys, the young prospects coming up. Um, Simeon and Witt from the Rangers and Royals, both um, struggling. And, uh, unfortunately, our boy Jesse Winker is not, uh, you know, maybe he's missing the Queen City, but um, not having the type of year we would have expected from him. Yeah, he's definitely missing Cincinnati. and <laughs> It's got to be what it is. That was some incredible information. All of those dudes are ballers, man. I'm thinking of Dylan Cease, man. That dude is incredible. Oh, pitcher. I know, right? And Aaron Judge smacking it out the ballpark like crazy. But I'm not sold on the Yankees winning in the playoffs. So we'll see how that goes down. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Excellent stuff, JB. Nice insight there. Hey, I'm a, thanks. Touch on the National League a little bit. The new playoff All format right. basically means everybody is still in the race. Everyone except for my last place Reds. I was going to say, you sure? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the Pittsburgh Pirates are more formidable than our squad, JB. And it's not to say they don't have quality bats and pitching arms. You just can't start a season 3-22 and in the first 25 games. I mean, Mm. those 20-game winning streaks, they're pretty rare. (laughs) Yeah, very much so. You know, the Brewers and Cards seem to be on a collision course for battling it out for the Central Division title. But I honestly can't see St. Louis beating out Milwaukee. They have a solid system in place, drafting, trading for, developing talent, and they have a highly competent and good decision-making manager and great counsel. You know, Out West, there's a chance the Dodgers and Padres are almost a lot for the playoffs, and the Mets as well in the East. The Dodgers, pitching-wise, they can throw Bueller, then Clayton Kershaw, then Julio Urias at you. So for a you know top three starting pitching combo, incredible. The Mets go Scherzer, you know Taiwan Walker, and soon to be returning Jake DeCrom from the IL, and they're already playing very well. So that's just gonna you know make them Ooh, yeah. incredible. They really are, really are. You Darvis and Joe Musgrove lead the Padres staff, you know, and we know that they're known for their bats. So all of these teams have top tier pitching. You know, the big story in the National League is going to be who's going to grab those last couple playoff spots. 
Will Atlanta have another long winning streak? You know, they had the 14 gamer with the Cardinals get hot as they normally do. Or will there be a surprise team or two? It's a 162 game season, JB. And we're just now passing the midway point. So I'm interested to see how the second half of the season is going to go. Hey, maybe the Reds will get on one of those 20 game winning streaks. You know, they actually, in this month of July, I'm pretty sure they have, I think it's 21 out of 27 games at home. So wow. this will be the time to get on that winning streak, Reds. Yeah, let's go. Come on, uh, come on, Red Legs. Come on, Vado. Let's get it, man. Let's get I'm it. I'm not going to hold out hope, though, unfortunately. Nah, then maybe next season. <laughs> oh, shoot. What <laughs> we got next, man? JB, we popping back off with uh, Factor Fiction. In Factor Fiction, hey, let's go. we tell some lies in Factor Fiction. We tell some lies, but we also give some factual circumstances where surprising right so we got to decide yeah. whether it's fact or fiction what we the situations we describe to each other jb i'm gonna kick it off all right okay let's i go. have approximately six me too I in head-to-head -head matches at major tourneys venus williams has the edge against her sister serena so that's when they play head-to-head -head. venus has the edge against her sister fiction Precisely. Nicely done, JB. All Venus, right. okay. they actually don't like playing each other for obvious reasons. No, they love each other. Course. They're really close sisters. But Serena definitely has the edge. Okay. That was a good one for starters. Let's see. Derrick Henry, uh, you know, the monster running back for the Titans, he ran for over 13,000 yards in high school. I'm going to say fiction. 13,000? 13,000. Fiction. It's fact. <laughs> How is that possible, did he, dude? Did he, play, he must have played single-A football. I don't know, man. I mean, even, you know, playing all four years, that's over 3,000 yards. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, what is going on? That's insane. That is insane. Oh, wow. Wow, JB. All right. By the way, Serena has a 19-12 to 12 advantage over her sister head-to-head. -head. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Okay. Number two, N.O. is comfortable listening to any genre of music while working out or engaging in athletic activity. I'm going to say fiction. J.B., that's a fact. Oh, JB, I'll, wow. I'll, JB, I'll go from 90s R&B to 90s boy bands to T-Pain, Jamie Foxx, The wow. Dream, Common, Kanye West, T.I., P.J. Morton, Young Jeezy, Timbaland, Jay-Z, Cash Money, Lil Brother, Drake. Listen, I'll listen to anything. What about some uh, George Strader? You know, uh, yeah, Pink, Pink Floyd. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm going that far, but um, oh, okay. I, you know, okay. I I do mess with the All American Rejects heavy. Oh, okay. You know what okay. I'm saying? So I listen to any genre, JB. But I, but honestly, right. I'd probably find some songs from these guys that I like. I just I'm not too familiar with them. You probably would. All right, you know, uh, Aaron Judge. We just spoke about actually briefly. Yeah. It's a superstar Major League Baseball player. Did you know that Judge is actually his middle name? And he changed it because he got made fun of for his real last name being Judy. <laughs> oh, just for, for humor's sake, I'm going to say fact. Oh, my God. Aaron Judge Judy. Aaron Judy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, that was hilarious. All right, JB. <laughs> 180 pound Rondell Moore slot receiver uh -huh. for the Cardinals former Purdue player squatted 600 pounds while at Purdue I think that's fact I think you told me that 
That is a fact, Jay. That's insane. We're talking over 300% of his body weight. Now, the depth in it, I've seen the video. Yeah, he was close to parallel. Not quite there, but impressive nonetheless. Oh, for sure. That much weight? Goodness gracious, man. All right, JP, what you got? All right. Um, Bob Marley, one of my favorite all-time musical artists, speaking of music, um, he was actually offered to sign with Barcelona prior to starting his music career. I'm going to say fiction on that. It's fiction. <laughs> he did play, though. I've seen him oh, play. Oh, wow. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> not, not that good. No, nah, he wasn't that good. All right, JP. More American men, 13, won their first round match at Wimbledon this year than any other year since 1995. 27 years. Fact? Yes. We finally got wow. some got finally got some ballers back out there in the tennis world and we got a lot moving hey, on in cool. this Wimbledon tourney. Yes, sir. 27 right. years. Good stuff. Okay. Uh, in 1962, Harry Chitty was traded from the Indians to the Mets for a player to be named later. After playing poorly for the Mets, he became that player and is the only person ever to be traded for himself. I mean, this, this sounds so crazy. I'm going to have to say fact. <laughs> it is, dude. That's amazing. <laughs> What? Uh, this dude got traded and then sucked, and got, so they sent him back. Oh my gosh, man, Larry. Yeah, Larry. Just, yeah, Harry, Harry Chitty. Oh, Harry. Look my that bad, dude. Yeah. Up. Harry Chitty. Yeah, I'm definitely looking that one up. Y'all look it up too, out there, fellas. All right, yeah. and ladies. All right. There has been one undrafted center who made an All Star game, and his name was Brad Miller, former Purdue player. Ah, um. Fact. JB, it's fiction and it's only uh, fiction because there were two. Do you want to try to guess who the other one was? Undrafted, undrafted center. I'm going to give you a hint that I think okay. will allow you to get it. He wore a big afro while he played. Ah, Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace. Nicely oh, done. Wow. Yep. Nicely That's done, JB. Okay. Um, former great Dodgers infielder Pee-wee Reese was actually given the nickname Pee-wee due to him having a giant head. <laughs> We're going to say fiction. It's fiction. I totally made that up. You actually just made me think of my dude Pokey Reese. Uh, <laughs> Pokey Reese. Yeah, man. Pokey. I miss Pokey Reese, man. Me too. Alright, JB. <clears throat> Out of 438 undrafted NBA players, only five have ever made all-star teams. Hold on. Can you repeat that? Out of 438 undrafted NBA players, okay. only okay. five have made an all-star team. Um, I'm going to say fact. You're right. It's a fact. Wow. I don't have the exact names, but you are absolutely That's correct. That's pretty good. Maybe we'll look that up for yeah, a future Yeah, we'll look show. that one okay. up. All right. My last one. Mickey Mantle has 18 home runs and 40 runs batted in in the World Series games. Both are records for the most ever in the World Series. I think that's a fact. It is. It is. Golly, that's a season of greatness right there. I know. Crazy. That's how many. They were in the World Series every year, but he definitely was dominant. So, 
Wow. Nice. Was that it? You got any more? That was it, JB. Nice. Okay. Done. Hey, you know what? I actually kept score this week, and um, we both got four correct. And hey. Actually, I think you jokingly, um, you know, you probably really had five if you would have been honest. So. Yeah, that's Good right. Job. Appreciate that, my brother. All right. Uh, What's well, that time of the week? It's uh, bringing back a little bit of no-no. No-no's. Let's do it. What we got, JB? So, no nos. I'm going to ask a personal question. Could be anything, but uh, typically it's sports related. We'll see what we got this week. Uh, then I am going to ask an insightful, thought provoking question, or rather make a statement and uh, allow NO to give his thoughts and kind of justify if he agrees or doesn't agree. And then lastly, we'll do a name that player. So, you ready to go? Let's do it. All right. So, NO. Uh, when you have kids, if when you have kids, would you encourage them to play football is the first question. And secondly, um, at what age do you think it's safe or would you take any certain specific precautions uh, for your kids? Yeah, that's a great question, JB. Yes, I'll encourage my young kiddos to play football. Uh <laughs> I think that I'll give them opportunities like my parents did to play a lot of different sports, man. I may push my kids towards baseball, man. Baseball is a sport that, mm. man, it's, it's not really pushed in the black community as mm, much sure. as I feel like it should be. And push them towards that as well, but definitely push them towards football. And age-wise, I'm not into little kids playing football. You know, everybody has their judgments about that. And, you know, if it's flag football, that's different. But in terms of oh, tackle, in terms of tackle peewee football, I'm not into little kids doing that. I don't like the thought of a little kid getting a concussion with a very undeveloped mm. brain. So look, we're gonna wait until around the time when I started playing. I started playing in sixth grade. That was my first year okay. playing football. So, but I would probably say more seventh, eighth grade. When they get 12, 13, probably when I'd allow them to play. Okay, that's good stuff. Appreciate the insight. So we're gonna stick with some football here. All right, are you okay. ready? I'm going to put a minute on the clock and give you my statement. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> this is just one that I thought you would enjoy yes. collaborating, talking about. Um, it's more important to have a strong pass rush oh. in football <laughs> I love than, it. than a strong back-end back, back end defensive backs. <laughs> All right, and I got a minute on the clock, and Go. Yeah, I love this one, JB, because it's kind of one of my big defensive philosophies. Yeah, it is. You know, even though I played safety, um, mm -hmm. I understood that when I knew I had defensive linemen who we could get four-man pressure. When I say pass rush, JB, I specifically mean without blitzing, right? Because you can always right. get a pass rush sending six or seven. But when you got four-man pressure and you can get a pass rush... It makes it easier for everyone behind. It makes it easier for the linebackers. Yep, you know, the seconds. cornerbacks don't have to man up so much. You can disguise coverages a lot more because you know in the back of your mind, okay, this baller on this edge or this tackle, they're going to get there to where I can get in my back pedal and I can kind of stare at the QB's eyes, which you're taught not to do, and make plays that you wouldn't normally make. Listen, mm. there's a huge difference between a pass rush and sending six or seven man pressure. And you know, okay, I'm out here on an island and I'm having to guard somebody in this big space because I know we're blitzing. You love yep. the blitzing, but just being able to get pressure with four men, there's nothing like it, man. Yeah, that's good, man. That's great insight. And uh, 
it's game changing. Like you it see, is. like you got a dude like Aaron Donald. I mean, just looking at the NFL, look what I mean. How much better he makes those defensive backs and everybody yes. else around him because yes. you don't have to send extra guys. Exactly. Right? Exactly. People. That's good yeah. Stuff. Thanks, JB, and I appreciate that question. I love those type yeah, of questions. Yeah, I figured figured you would enjoy that. All right. Let's bring it on home with a name that player. And you know, I always like to try to get a bit challenging ones for you. Um, so this former Major League Baseball player, he was born on August 25th, 1966. He was actually one of the leading sluggers of his time. And in 1995, he became the only player ever to hit 50 doubles and 50 home runs in what? a season. And... He was the first player to break the $10 million a year contract. His career stats, 295 batting average, 381 home runs, and 1,239 runs batted in. He was a five-time All-Star from 93 to 97, five-time Silver Slugger winner, three-time RBI leader. And he played for just three teams, most notably... The Cleveland Indians. It has to be. It has to be Albert Bell. It is. Ding, ding, Man, ding. Albert Joey Bell. Man. Remember Joey Bell? <laughs> hey, Albert Bell was a monster with the bat. He was, man. wasn't he? Golly, Man. that dude was. And I feel like he didn't play that long either. But for he that didn't. Little, he for didn't. that short span of time that he played, man, that dude was insane, man. Yeah, I always kind of wonder what happened because he was. I mean, he could just mash the ball in a. Maybe he's one for a uh, where are they now kind of segment. Man, so you ain't maybe. lying about that one at all, Albert Bell. Golly, yeah. Once you said Indians, like I was like, he, he mm. it has to be Albert Bell. <laughs> yep, good old Albert Joey. Man, <laughs> all right, man. Well, that was uh, another fun episode, one my, man. One of my favorites. Nicely done. Excellent. Yeah, appreciate it. And uh, you know, as always, we are blessed. We're thankful for your guys' support. Um, we hope that you enjoy this as much as we do, and uh, feel free to send us comments, questions, feedback to no.jb.sportspedigree at gmail.com. Make sure to check us out on Instagram, TikTok at no and JB Sports Pedigree. Um, look for us on YouTube, you know, wherever. Look, look, look for us. I'm sure you're going to find us. Look us up. All right, everybody have a great week. We'll see you next week. Let's go. Sports pedigree on deck. Who's batting? N-O-N-J-B is what's happening. Coverage of the NBA, present and past. You probably want to listen to facts. We never mask. Alas, we don't hold back. Articulating them sneaky, important stats and trivia. Shows that the subject matter is well-rounded like a ball is. I see the referee. I'm wondering what the call is. Communicate the pick. I'm going top side. Illuminate that list. Giving you my top five. Acknowledging who's great. Now, your list may have a couple different names, but really, there's no debate. Wait, the passion, gotta be smooth. On the lookout for sports dichotomy tools. Getting views sounds nice, but the vision is deep, cause in knowing JB will never put you to sleep. Originality is the key, we pick locks with. Open up, no nose is being concocted. The segments are personal too, cause a sports podcast without opinion, surely no value. <laughs> we gotta be great, requesting no favors. World Cup, you wait for tennis majors, NFL trades, and baseball pastime. Consistent on the mic, we don't get no have time.